0: Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I'm so excited that you guys are here today. And if this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and we study the Bible here, y'all. We study the Bible one chapter a day together. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, Then you are absolutely in the right place. And before we jump into today's chapter, which is Judges Chapter 8, before we jump into Judges Chapter 8 today, let me go ahead and say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Celia. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, Hi Quintier Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Shannon. Good day, Anastasia. Good morning, April. Good morning, Lynn. So excited to see you all this morning. And you guys know how we do it. Some of y'all are already typing it in. What are you grateful for this morning? What are you grateful for? For this morning. Good morning, Erica. What are you grateful for this morning? Lynn says, I'm grateful to be here live again. Woohoo!" She said, I usually catch the replays, but I love being here live with you. I love you being here live. This is so awesome. And I love that the replays are impactful as well. That just blesses me so much. God is so good. Amen. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for life a sound mind, the opportunity to study the Bible with you, my sisters. Amen. Amen. Can I also say I am grateful for Jenny J. Jenny J. I don't know if you are watching this. I know you watch the replays, but I just want to say I'm grateful for Jenny J. Jenny J. Typed in the comments yesterday. She said, uh, these studies have changed my life. And this hit me because I'm like, wow, that's on the replay, y'all. I had, I'd been constantly asking God, like, God, I wonder if these studies are impactful on the replay. Is there anything that I need to do to, you know, help the replay audience um, or the individuals that watch on the replay? And when I, when I saw that from Jenny J, I was like, all right, God, <laughs> God, you're doing your thing. You're doing your thing on the live. You're doing your thing on the replay. So I praise God for Jenny J and anybody watching on the replay. I pray that God meet you wherever you are and whenever you turn this on. Amen. April says, I'm grateful to God for his love and patience. Amen. Quentier says, I am grateful that God is my source. Hallelujah. Natalia says, I'm grateful for my community, family, and friends. Amen. Erica says, I'm grateful for a revelation yesterday. Come on now. Hallelujah. Shanda says, I'm grateful for who God is, his character, and that he is so infinite. There is always something to learn about him. He keeps it fresh and I love it. Hallelujah. Valerie says, good morning, third morning this week. Come on, Valerie, we see you sis. She said, I'm so thankful to be here. Amen. We are thankful that you are here as well. Celia says, I'm grateful for how my husband has been caring for me these past few weeks while going up and down in my body. Yet, yeah, Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for your husband. And we're praying for you, sis, keeping you in our prayers. Latrice says, grateful that God let me be here at this time in this season. God definitely is all knowing. Come on. Joanne says, I'm grateful for life. We lost another student in the school district that I work in. We have lost two students in the last week to gun violence. Oh, Please continue to pray for our students. Father God, we lift up the children, the students in schools all across the world. Lord God, we pray, Father, that you would continue to to lead and guide their parents, that you would keep them safe, Lord God. Father, we just lift them up to you. And Father, we lift up these individual students um, that Joanne mentions, Lord. We lift up their families, Lord, that you would comfort them and that you would draw them near to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Amen. Good morning, Audrey. So glad to see you. Lilith says, good morning. I'm grateful to God for the week so far and all the things he has done for me, leading and guiding me, hallelujah. Allison says, I'm just grateful. I keep typing things, but there's not enough room. (laughs) I love it. There's just not enough room. Amen, there's not enough room. Hostelani says, grateful for God's mercies each and every morning. Heather says, I'm grateful to God for his goodness toward us. Amen. For his goodness towards us. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Praise God. Allison says, praying for families, students, teachers. Amen. If you have a prayer journal or prayer wall or anything, please, please, please remember to pray for the, the schools, or the families, teachers, um, for this particular, these two particular families as well. Audrey says, I'm so grateful for God granting me access to his love, joy, peace, grace, and mercy. Come on. Hallelujah. Erica says, I'm grateful for God opening my eyes in a new way. I love when God does that. Bella says, I'm grateful for waking up today and being in here with all of you amazing women. and We are grateful to be with you, Bella. This is so awesome. Amen. Wait, hold I see my sister, Taranda. Taranda, sis, I have been praying for you for the last couple weeks. Oh, my goodness. God is so awesome. Hey, sis, so glad to see you. You have been on my heart, my mind, my prayers. Amen. So glad to see you. Good morning, cousin D. So glad to see you. Hey, girl. Ellen says, grateful God finds a way when there is no way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shelly says, I'm grateful to God for life and for another opportunity to learn more. Erica says, I'm grateful God gave me a testimony. Come on, and for my testimony loading. Come on, Erica. Come on, hallelujah. Terrana says, Oh, yes, we got a chat, sis. I'm gonna I'm I'm text you right after this. Marcus, this morning, everyone, grateful to be here. So grateful you are here. Look, you guys, keep typing in that gratitude, but I want us to do something a little different this morning. I want us to take 30 seconds to share this Bible study, okay? I'm going to put up a 30-second timer. Can you do me a favor? Can you do us a favor? I believe that God, they, that there's more women that want to come on. So can you do me a favor? I'm going to put up a 30 second timer. Can you share it on your social media or text a friend or or, or email a friend or whatever? Just share this Bible study with somebody and we're going to come back and we're going to pray in. Um, but there might be some people that are on Facebook and are on Instagram or whatever and don't know we're here. I want to take 30 seconds to share it with them so that they can join live if they'd like or they can join on the replay. So, I'm going to be sharing too. So, you guys go ahead and share. Here we go. 30 second timer. Here we go. Mm All right. Praise God. That was 30 seconds. Erica says done. Shared to Facebook. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We are getting ready to pray in and I'm believing God is going to send who he's going to send. I'm glad we are all here today. Anastasia says grateful for strength for each new day. It's usually busy here at this time, but grateful I can join in and also listen at any time. Praise God. Tess is grateful for another day and God's goodness and Demetrius is grateful that God loves me. My daughter, my daughter stuffed animals starting to sing in the morning and I so needed it. Okay, man. She this is done, shared. Amen. just says done, shared. Bella says shared. Hallelujah. Woohoo. Let's go. God's going to send. Who's going to send? Whether live on the replay. Amen. So if you are here because somebody shared this video, praise God. We're so glad you are here. All right, y'all, we are getting ready to pray in as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter eight. Judges chapter eight. Let's go ahead and pray. (sighs) Father God, first and foremost, we thank you for the opportunity to just be here with our sisters. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to study the scriptures together We thank you, Lord God, for who you are and for how you are moving in our lives, Lord God. And Father God, we ask you, Lord, that you would open our eyes and that you would open our minds, Lord God. You would open our hearts to see you, to hear you, to know you. God, we desire to not just read the words on the page, but to really get to know you. Lord, help us to really get to know you, God. Draw us closer to you. Teach us about you, Lord. Father, help us see what we couldn't have seen without you. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Mary says, good morning. I'm here and I'm pressing. Praise God for the press, sis. This is your first time. Reading with us, studying the Bible with us. Let me just explain it how we do it here. First, we read the chapter twice. The first time we read it, we're just getting in like a big picture of what's going on. The second time we read it, what do we do? We grab our pens, we grab our highlighters, we take notes in the margin, Um, we highlight or underline keywords. Then we go into a time of personal reflection. And then we come into a time of corporate reflection where we share and we see where God is going to lead us corporately. And if that sounds like something that you are interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. And you're welcome to join us every weekday morning because we do this every weekday morning. All right. So we are jumping into Judges chapter eight today. Judges chapter eight today. And I'm going to be reading from the CSB translation. You can feel free. To read from whatever translation you have available to you. Hi, Quintier says I want crazy sharing on Snapchat, Messenger, etc. So done. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe in God's going to send who He's going to send, whether live on the replay. Amen. We are we are faithful to share what God is doing here. All right. Amen. All right. Judges chapter eight. I'm reading from the CSB translation. You can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Here we go. Judges chapter eight. The men of Ephraim said to him, why have you done this to us, not calling us when you went to fight against the Midianites? And they argued with him violently. So he said to them, what have I done now compared to you? Is not the gleaning of Ephraim better than the grape harvest of the God handed over to you, Oreb and Zeb, the two princes of Midian. What was I able to do compared to you? When he said this, their anger against him subsided. Gideon and the 300 men came to Jordan and crossed it. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit. He said to the men of Succoth, please give some loaves of bread to the troops under my command because they are exhausted for I am pursuing Zeba and Zalumna, the kings of Midian. But the princes of Succoth asked, are Zeba and Zalumna now in your hands that we should give bread to your army? Gideon replied, very well, when the Lord has handed Ziba and Zalumna over to me, I will tear your flesh with thorns and briars from the wilderness. He went from there to Penuel and asked the same thing from them. The men of Penuel answered him, answered just as the men of Succoth had answered. He also told the men of Penuel, When I return safely, I will tear down this tower. Now, Zeba and Zalumna were in Karkor, and with them was their army of about 15,000 men, who were all those left of the entire army of the Quedamites. Those who had been killed were 120,000 armed men. Gideon traveled on the Carvana route east of Nobah and Jogoba and attacked their army while the army felt secure. Zeba and Zalumna fled and he pursued them. He captured these two kings of Midian and routed the entire army. Gideon, son of Joash, returned from battle by the ascent of Harris. He captured a youth from the men of Succoth and interrogated him. The youth wrote down for him the names of the 77 leaders and elders of Succoth. Then he went to the men of Succoth and said, here are Zeba and Zalumna. You taunted me about them saying, are Ziba and Zalumna now in your power that we should give you bread to your exhausted men? So he took the elders of the city. He took some thorns and briars from the wilderness he, and he disciplined the men of Succoth with them. He also tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. He asked Ziba and Zalumna, what kind of men did you kill at Tabor? They were like you, they said, each resembled the son of a king. So he said, they were my brothers, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I would not kill you. Then he said to Jether, his firstborn, get up and kill them. The youth did not draw his sword for he was afraid because he was still a youth. Ziba and Zalumna said, get up and strike us down yourself for a man is judged by his strength. So Gideon got up, killed Zeba and Zelumna and took the crescent ornaments that were on the necks of their camels. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us, you as well as your sons and your grandsons for you delivered us from the power of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Then he said to them, let me make a request for you. Everyone give me an earring from his plunder. Now the enemy had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. They said, we agree to give them. So they spread out a cloak and everyone threw an earring from his plunder on it. The weight of the gold earrings he requested was 43 pounds of gold. In addition to the crescent ornaments and ear pendants and purple garments, on the kings of Midian and the chains on the necks of the camels. Gideon made an ephod from all this and put it in Orpha, his hometown. Then all Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there. And it became a snare to Gideon and his household. So Midian was subdued before the Ishmaelites and there was no longer a threat. The land had peace for 40 years during the days of Gideon. Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, son of Joash, went back to live at his house. Gideon had 70 sons, his own offspring, since he had many wives. His concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, and he named him Abimelech. Then Gideon's son of Joash, died a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father, Joash, in Ophrah of the Absurrites. When Gideon died the Israelites turned and prostituted themselves by worshiping the Baals and the Baalibreth, their God. The Israelites did not remember the Lord, their God, who had rescued them from the hands of the enemies around them. They did not show kindness to the household of Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, for all the good he had done for Israel. All right, let's read this one more time. Here we go. The men of Ephraim said to him, why have you done this to us, not calling us when you went to fight against the Midianites? And they argued with him violently. So he said to them, what have I done now compared to you? Is not the gleaning of Ephraim better than the great harvest of Abizer? God handed over to you, Oreb and Zeb, the two princes of Midian. What was I able to do compared to you? When he said this, their anger against him subsided. Gideon and the 300 men came to Jordan and crossed it. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit. He said to the men of Succoth, please give some some loaves of bread to the troops under my command because they are exhausted. For I am pursuing Zeba and Zalumna, the kings of Midian. But the princes of Succoth asked, are Zeba and Zalumna now in your hands? that we should give bread to your army. Gideon replied, very well. When the Lord has handed Zeba and Zalumna over to me, I will tear your flesh with thorns and briars from the wilderness. He went from there to Penuel and asked the same thing from them. The men of Penuel answered just as the men of Succoth had answered. He also told the men of Penuel, when I return safely, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalumna were in Karkor. And with them was their army of about fifteen thousand men, who were all those left of the of the entire army of the Quedamites. Those who had been killed were one hundred twenty thousand armed men. Gideon traveled on the caravan route east of Nobah and Jogobah and attacked their army while the army felt secure. Ziba and Zalumna fled, and he pursued them. He captured these two kings of Midian and routed the entire army. Gideon, son of Joash, returned from the battle by the ascent of Haras. He captured a youth from the men of Succoth and interrogated him. The youth wrote down for him the names of the 77 elders and elders of Succoth. Then he went to the men of Succoth and said, Here are Zeba and Zalumna. You taunted me about them, saying, Are Zeba and Zalumna now in your power that we should give you bread to your exhausted men? So he took the elders of the city and he took some thorns and briars from the wilderness and he disciplined the men of Succoth with them. He also bore down the tower, tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. He asked Zeba and Zalumna, What kind of men did you kill at Tabor? They were like you, they said. Each resembled the son of, of a king. So he said, they were my brothers, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I would not kill you. Then he said to Jether, his firstborn, get up and kill them. The youth did not draw his sword, for he was afraid because he was still a youth. Zeba and Zalumna said, get up and strike us down for yourself, for a man is judged by his strength. So Gideon got up, killed Zeba and Zalumna, and took the crescent ornaments that were on the necks of their camels. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us, you as well as your sons and your grandsons, for you delivered us from the power of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you and my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Then he said to them, let me make a request for of you. Everyone give me an earring from his plunder. Now, the enemy had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. They said, We agree to give them. So they spread out a cloak, and everyone threw an earring from his plunder on it. The weight of the gold earrings he requested was 43 pounds of gold, in addition to the crescent ornaments and ear pendants, the purple garments on the kings of Midian, and the chains on the necks of their camels. Gideon made an ephod from all this and put it in Orpha his hometown. Then all Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his household. So Midian was subdued before the Ishmaelites, and they were no longer a threat. The land had peace for 40 years during the days of Gideon. Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, son of Joash, went back to live at his house. Gideon had 70 sons, his own offspring since he had many wives, His concubines who was in Shechem also bore him a son and he named him Abimelech. Then Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abzerites. When Gideon died, the Israelites turned and prostituted themselves by worshiping the Baals and made Baalibrit their God. The Israelites did not remember the Lord, their God, who had rescued them from the hand of the enemies around them. They did not show kindness to the house of Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, for all the good he had done for Israel. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to study this chapter, to read this chapter, Lord, and we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection and to a time of corporate reflection, that you would help us to see you, Lord, and that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. And we just ask you to have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's take a few moments to reflect on Judges chapter 8. Here we go. All right, so we read Judges chapter eight two times and this is the time where we're gonna jump into some corporate reflection and share the things that um, God's like placing on our hearts, the questions that we have, the verses that are standing out. And God has a way of bringing all that together and showing us what he wants us to see. So before we do that, I wanna go over some background in case this is the first time you're studying with us and just kind of go over some background of what's happening. So first of all, we have Gideon. Um, And we have this idea of judges. So we're in this book. And basically what happens is Israel is in the promised land and they continue to worship the gods of the nations around them. They, and they keep going back and forth. So they'll worship the gods of the nations around them. So then God will be like, fine, and he'll take his hand of the protection off of them because he don't, they don't want it anyway. And then they will go into some type of oppression and the nations around them will enslave them or what have you. It'll get so bad. Eventually they'll cry out to God and say, God, we remember you now, please rescue us. So then God will raise up a judge and that judge is typically a, like a, Political leader figure, a military leader figure that will come and fight on behalf of Israel. Then Israel will be delivered from the hands of the oppression. And then they will come back into the promised land. And then they will do the thing all over again. So now we're here with Gideon. And Gideon is another judge that God has raised up for Israel. And Gideon, when God found him and called him, Gideon was afraid. He was hiding away from the enemy in a wine press to to do the things he needed to do, but he was hiding, he was afraid. And God called him out and said, you're a mighty valiant warrior. And God's like, I'm gonna use you. And then Gideon uh, has an army of 30,000 people. God cuts that army down to 300 men. And from that Gideon and that 300 men, God uses Gideon and that 300 men to deliver Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Um, and the surrounding nations, and that brings us to where we are now in chapter eight, where Gideon looks completely different, got a whole bunch of confidence about him that he didn't have in the first couple of chapters, and now he's like, Whoa, I'm a warrior, right? And so, we see a different, a different Gideon. Um, that he seems like he's like really confident. And, all that stuff but that's not how it was when God called him. He was afraid, he was scared and he didn't even know if it was God talking. He ha- he had to um get a lot of confirmation to make sure. Like, "Oh, I want to make sure this is God. All right. So this is where this brings us to where we are right now. So my question to you is what is standing out to you in this chapter? Let's see where God leads us. What is standing out to you in this chapter? CJ says verse 23, 31, 33 through 35. I noticed that every time one of the judges died, the Israelites turned to worshiping other gods. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this has just been an ongoing cycle since Joshua died. They just keep doing it. Ellen says, they the forgetting about God, why is it so easy to forget? Whew. Can we talk about that right? Why is it so easy to forget? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit my belief of why it's so easy to forget because I don't think the children of Israel are the only ones that, that struggle with this. When you're worshiping God for an outcome and the outcome happens, what more reason do you have to worship him? When you're only crying out to God for an outcome, And the outcome happens or it doesn't happen. What more reason do you have to worship him? That's the danger of seeking God for my own personal outcomes as opposed to seeking God for his desire. I think that all of us can fall susceptible to it when I'm like, God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that for for me. When I'm seeking God for outcome, one of two things can happen. Either he does it and I forget him right? He does it. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Da, 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 da. And then I get all wrapped up in that thing and I forget him. I, I prayed for the job and then I, then I get the job and then I'm so busy with the job that, oh, I don't really have time to pray. I don't really have time to do all those other things that I was doing before. Right? And so they got the thing that they cried out for. What did they cry out for? They cried out to God for deliverance. They got deliverance. And now, what else do I need God for? So that's one thing that can happen. The other thing that can happen is I cry out to God and He doesn't do the thing. Then what happens? Then I'm mad at Him. Then I'm angry. Then I don't want to have nothing to do with Him. God, I asked you to, to for my grandmama to live, and she still died. I asked you this. Lord, I'm now I'm angry with you. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. So either one of those things will happen when we seek God only for the outcome and not for who he is. And why can I say that? Because it's happened to me, whether you get distracted by the the answer of prayer or you get resentful because he didn't do what you wanted him to do. And I believe that we see that throughout Israel's history, but it's really drawing us to see ourselves as well and how we do this back and forth thing with God also. Lilith says, verse 22 through 23. Let's go there. It says, the Israelites said to Gideon, rule over us. You, as well as your sons and your grandsons, for you delivered us from the power of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you. And my son will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Gideon, or Israel had been wanting a king since this point. We're going to see that eventually God's like, give them a king, give them what they want. But we see that Israel has been crying out for a king to rule over them for a while. And God has continually had the desire to be their king. Juliet said he attacked the army while they were secure. Come on now. Yeah, that's real. Allison said, it's easy to remember God when we need something, but it's easy to forget when everything is comfortable. It's easy for worldly things to distract us. Mm Mm-hmm. Alana says their faith was built on the judges. Come on, come on. They were they had bad motives. And Gideon told them in Judges 23 Come on, I will not rule over you. My sons will not rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And still. <laughs> and we see this with we see this with Moses. We see this with Joshua. We see we see this with all the people that God would raise up and then eventually they attach their faith to this person and not to God. Latrice, thank you, Latrice, for pulling this out. Gideon said the right thing, but didn't do the right thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can we talk real quick about what Gideon, what happened here? So remember when the very beginning, God told Gideon to tear down to tear down this altar that they made to a false god from his hometown. He told them to tear it down. And Gideon was so afraid to tear it down that he went by night. And because he tore it down, the whole community wanted to kill him because they were so pressed on on worshiping this, this god Baal. And if you know anything about Baal, the worship to Baal was horrible. It included infant sacrifice. Oh my gosh. It was just It was like, study that if you want to, but it was disgusting. It was horrible. And this is what God continued to be like to the Israelites. Don't do what they're doing. It's evil. Don't do this. But they continued to do it. So Gideon tears down this thing. But then after he does what he does, he he asks for gold. And he, re, he builds a, a ephod, which, most, which we would think was like a piece of clothing because we hear about this ephod um, in Exodus that they did for the priests. But many theologians believe that it was some type of structure. He built something that could be looked at or stared upon. And they begin to worship the ephod. Constantly, Humanity wants a like tangible way to see God. And God keeps saying, don't do this. Don't build these things. Come on. But 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 Gideon kind of wanted to, to put something back in his hometown. And it didn't turn out well for them. Or him, it said it was a, it became a snare to him as well. Mm. <sighs> We're going to come back. We're going to loop back around to all this. Let's see what other comments say. Erica says, "Sharing your testimony, God makes me secure in sharing you and sharing sharing praise and not arrogant." Amen. 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 Bevy says, "You're so on point. Seek God, seeking God for an outcome, and then we get it. So after that, why do I need God?" Ooh. Yep, we're going to come back to that. We got to. Allison says, "We will we remember God when everything is good? Or, we, we, or will we go back to our old ways? Come on. Brandy says, I think it's possible the Israelites did not have a personal relationship like the chosen ones, causing them not to remember God. And we will also see that a lot of the judges from this point forward, I mean, it just gets worse. With the judges, if anybody knows the story of Samson, he's a judge of Israel. We're going to read about him. So it just gets it just gets worse, right? Where the judges, they do their judgy thing, but then they forget God too. Or then they get wrapped up in the culture around them as well. Why does this keep happening? Allison says verse 27 shows how quick Gideon slipped. Come on, the gold and the riches became a trap for getting his family. Anastasia says how we easily forget the goodness of God in our lives and turn to our own ways. She goes on to say, seriously, after reading that, they just started worshiping other gods. I was like, again? Come on. CJ says the word codependency dropped in my spirit. Yeah, come on. Latrice says, because just a little leaven, one of my commandments, one of my commentaries says, the meaning of the son, Abimelech's name is my father a king. So basically, it's like he's he's saying things as though he is humble, but there is no humility in his actions. Lakeisha says, Humans are often addicted to things, and in doing so, limit the limitless God. Oh, woo. God just says we allow worldly possessions to distract us from God. The interesting thing about our relationship with God, first of all, we have to understand why humanity was created in the first place. So if we look back at Adam and Eve, their job was really ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on earth. They were were put on this earth to take care of the earth the way that God would and under his direct instruction. But they decided they wanted to do their own thing. If we were talking about a, a kingdom here in this world, we would call that treason, right? They decided they didn't want to follow the king that had established them here on earth and they wanted to do their own thing. They only wanted the king to give them stuff, but they didn't actually want to follow the directions and instructions of that king. And as we watch Israel throughout the Old Testament, this is why it's good, you have got to read the Old Testament in order to understand the new, right? So as we watch Israel, we see that God always has one desire. What was it? One plan here in this fallen world, which was the reconciliation and redemption of humanity back to him. And when we are redeemed and reconciled back to him, what then happens? It means that we are then put in an ambassador role under the king. What does that mean? That means that the king's desire and will should then become our desire and will. But the problem that happens is that we don't want the king, we just want the stuff. And that's what God continues to show us over and over and over again with the children of Israel. They don't want the king, they don't want the kingdom, they just want the stuff. Can I get the stuff and not the and not the rulership? Can I get the stuff and you don't have any say over my life? Can I get the blessings and I don't have to do what you say? Can I get the the can I get the possessions and maintain the control? Faith over fear in the absence control plays a major factor. Worldly and flesh versus Holy Spirit in the kingdom of heaven. Whew. Come on. So that we see the children of Israel, but I pray that we also see ourselves at times when it's like, okay, why, why am I crying out to God? Is it because I care about what he cares about? Or is it because I want him to fix my life? Is it because I care about his kingdom? Is it because I recognize my position in the kingdom? Or I just want him to fix my life. And and don't, you know, I'm saying this because I've done this, right? And then I wonder why my relationship with God has fizzled up. Because it's attached to outcomes. It's attached to comfort. So when the outcomes don't look the way I want, I start drifting, not him. When the situation has changed, the situation I got comfortable with changes, I start drifting, not him. And this is exactly what we see with the children of Israel. And the interesting thing about the children of Israel, they cried out to God, finally. It took took them years to cry out to God. Every single time, it took them years to cry out to God. I guess it took the oppression getting so bad before they finally are like, let's try, let's try this God that our fathers took. remember that God that our fathers told us about? Because these gods that we done built, they ain't working. And 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 that God that ain't working. We've been crying out to this God, we've been trying crying out to that God. That ain't working. It took for some of these, they they stayed in oppression for like 40 years for some of these things before they cried out. So, so they were crying out to something. They just weren't crying out to God. And eventually they're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's cry out to that God. You remember that God that our, our parents told us about? The one that the, like, part of the sea and that one. Let's try that one. So they cry, out to, they cry out to God and he comes in and rescues them. But did they want a relationship with him? Did they care what he cared about? They were just like, eeny, meeny, mighty, moe. Which God's going to deliver us? Any meaning? oh that one. Oh, it worked. (laughs) Whoop! It worked. Yay! (sighs) Ah, but how dangerous that mindset can be and be a snare to us as humans. Anastasia says, one funny aspect seems as Gideon continued to travel. He was just making himself sons, 70 sons. And I'm like, how did he accomplish that? And did he even know them all? Forgive my thinking, the likelihood, no, he didn't know them all and they probably stayed with their mothers. And we see that throughout, we see that throughout the scriptures where the, these kings would make it. Remember that that was Solomon's, this is what ended up happening to Solomon. Solomon had all these wives and concubines, made all these kids. And what happens is the wives would have their own tents and you, know, you would go, it, uh, they would go around to the tents of these women whenever they wanted to sleep with them. And then they would, you know, they would go back to their own tent. They didn't stay with them. So you understand that they didn't stay with them. They weren't raised by them. That's why when you see, typically you see, In a kingdom, you see like a king has one like horrible kid, like one horrible son that's like tearing up Israel. Like David had this one horrible son tearing up Israel and then one really awesome son that's trying to seek God's wisdom. How did they end up so different? They had different moms. They were raised completely different. David didn't have nothing to do with it. The moms were impacting the way the children were raised. So we see, if you get to the book of Kings and you start reading, or it's the book of Samuel and you start reading some of the things, you'd be like, oh my goodness. So that's a a good question, Anastasia, and a great wondering that the Bible kind of lays out for us as well. Allison says, this is why renewing our minds daily is necessary. Checking our hearts and motives daily. Come on. Checking our hearts and motives daily. Allison says, we see over and over with people who become successful and popular and fame destroys them. If our eyes are on the things or the people or the fame, we can quickly lose sight of God. It is so important that when we ask God something, we've got to check in on our heart. Why am I asking this? We've got to be honest. Why do I really want this? Why am I crying out to God? Brandy says, can you remind me, did you say before that the judges began with the advice from Moses' father-in-law, this concept of the judges, but the the warrior nature of the judges did not. So this concept that there would be a group of people that would rise up and that would handle disputes among Israel and deal with things and ideas, they would judge over Israel, this idea— but then when God would raise up a judge, he would raise them up and they would also become warriors and things like that. They would. Ha- we see some where they would handle like disputes like Deborah, for instance, we see them coming to her and he would. they would handle different things. She would handle different things and she was also a prophetess and stuff like that. So she kind of functioned in that role that was set up already, um, but God would rise, raise them up and he would add onto them this warrior nature to the judges as well. Latrice says, an inconsistent life, inconsistency in our lives cause problems. Mm. Ellen says, trying to, come on, Ellen, trying to fill a God-sized hole with different things comes to mind. Always seeking this one thing, overcoming this one thing will bring peace. I used to think that, but there are always more, come on. Think about it at the core. It's like, why do, why, why do you want this house? Well, because I would feel secure. Woo. See, these are the things that God has to check my heart on. God's like, I don't really have a problem with you having the house, but I see something you don't see. The reason you want it is for security, but I'm your security. So when you get this thing, you're going to put your security in it and you're going to not, you're going to forget about me, even though I'm the actual security that you need. Why do you want this situation to work out the way you want it to work out? Well, because I want peace. But God is your peace. Right. So when we when we put these things in the and we say, OK, this house will give me security. The situation changing will give me peace. This thing will bring me joy. This thing will, will solve this and this thing. And when we start taking what we should be getting from God and putting it on material items. Then we ha- we have no reason for a relationship with God. And God's, the interesting thing is God sees that and yet he still comes and answers our cries because he's that, he's, that, he's that loving. Yet he still shows up for, for Israel, even though he notices like, we won't be back on this road again because the reason that they're crying out to me has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with our relationship. It has everything to do with them trying constantly trying to get what only the kingdom of God can provide for them to get security and peace and love and acceptance and belonging from all this stuff out here. What did the enemy say to Adam and Eve about the fruit? He said, "This, this fruit will make you like God. But they were already like him. They were literally made like him. God said, let us make man in our image. So the enemy dangled a piece of fruit, a piece of physical fruit in front of their faces and said, this thing will give you what only God can. This physical item will give you what only God can. And ever since that, humanity has been being tripped up by physical items, trying to put attributes of God on them. This house will give me security. This marriage will will make me feel loved. These friends will give me belonging. This job will give me identity. Constantly, constantly. The enemy don't have no new tricks. What does he do? Look, this fruit will give you what only God can. And what he gave you already. If you get this thing, if you do this thing, it'll give you what only God can. And so what do we do? We ask God for the fruit, for the physical thing. And then when we get the physical thing, we exchange God for it. It's like, oh great, I got the identity I was looking for because I got the job I wanted. I don't need the identity you provide God. It's cool, I got it from this thing. But it's the the devil's same trick. Let me take this physical thing, put it in front of their face and say, oh, look, if you get this thing, if you get this thing, then, you know, you'll be like God. The same thing, children of Israel, what do they want? I wanted to get out of oppression. Get out of oppression. Because if you get out of oppression, if you get out of oppression, you'll be comfortable. If you get out of oppression, you'll be safe. If you get out of oppression, no one will control you anymore. So then I'm like, yeah, I want to get out of oppression. Not I want God because I'll be safe. I want God because I want God. No, no, no. I want to get out of oppression, and God, if you can make that happen, that would be great. Woo-wee. It's the little. It's the littlest. What, what, what did Latrice say? A little leaven, <laughs> just a little bit. And Ellen says, uh, trying to fill a God-sized hole with different things. Only God can really give us the security, the peace, the belonging, the love, all the things we're looking for. But yet the enemy keeps saying, but what about this? It'll give you security. And we put our faith in that thing. Allison says Jesus was such a humble person. He was always opposite of worldly ways. People want to be above others, but Jesus always reminds us to never be above anyone. That is why he washed his disciples' feet. Come on. Faith over fear says recognize your true love for him through the good, bad and ugly. Be consistent, not momentary, temporary help. Come on. Bevy says, show me all the true worshipers. Heart check. I'm interested only in the out. Am I interested only in the outcome or is it in serving the true and living God? Come on, Lakeisha said the Christian walk requires that we are intentional about the maintenance of our relationship with God. Communities like this one that will help foster our daily development, praise God. And then we build, you know, we can build communities in our own area where we study the Bible and things like that. You can constantly remind us ourselves of who God is. But come on, Lakeisha says it all comes back to what is my motive? just says we need faith in God for every season and every level of our faith. Come on, hallelujah. Allison says Jesus ate with people that others wouldn't. He forgave those. We wouldn't. The more we know examples of Jesus, we can see he showed us what to do in just about every type of situation we might face. As we learn about the judges who fall, made mistakes, we can see how easily any one of us can make the same mistake. What can we learn from their mistakes? Are we willing to see what trips us up? Come on. And Jesus's main thing that he said to his disciples over and over again was what? Follow me. Why? Why was Jesus saying, follow me? Because you will follow someone. You will follow something. God realized that he he knows it because why? We have to understand. Look, we have to understand why humanity was made. Humanity was made as ambassadors to God, designed to follow his instructions so that we could take care of the earth and, and, and do what he would have done, like an ambassador was. It's what we were designed. I, I get it. We, we worship God. We love God. But we have, a, we have an ability to take on the characteristics of the thing or the one we choose to follow. It's in our, we, it's in our design based on our, our, our overarching purpose. We have the ability to completely take on the attributes of the thing or the person we choose to follow. Very differently than any other animal on earth, we have this innate, we have this ability to do that. If you ever look up the children that were raised by animals and you see that they take on the characteristic of the animal. But let me tell you something, we raise dogs all the time but they don't start walking on two feet and, and, and sitting at the table. But when you look at the wolf girls that were raised by wolves, literally their whole body was hunched over. The way that they moved was, if you look at the gazelle boy, I think they said he could run up to 60 some odd miles an hour. I don't know. It was some crazy amount of miles that he could run just by following the gazelle. Humanity has a very unique ability to take on the characteristics of the one we choose to follow. And Jesus said, follow me. Follow me because you're going to follow somebody. And the the interesting thing about the, the children of Israel, they thought they were so free and ended up just following all the nations around them. Ooh, this is freedom. Now I'm worshiping Baal. No, you're just following someone else. This is the reality of humanity. And we can fight it if we want to. But God is like, hey, you're going to take on the attributes of who you choose to follow. So follow me. So follow me. Come on. Allison says, pick up your cross and follow me. Everyone has a cross to bear. Jesus knows. And if our eyes stay on on the one who has our best interest in mind, come on. We will more easily be able to avoid snares and traps. follow me. God, that's God. Just follow me. Well, I don't want, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Look, somebody going to tell you, you're going to listen to somebody. Same thing with Adam and Eve. They thought they were so free following the devil. You weren't making a decision on your own. The devil manipulated you. Well, I just want to do me. You're not doing you. Somebody is manipulating your choices. You're getting wrapped up in the world thinking you're free. That's not freedom. That's just you following somebody that doesn't care about you. God is like, I made you. I formed you. Come on. I love you. I took time to make you. I took time to put my breath inside you. I love you. When you call and cry, the money ain't gonna answer you. The house you've been wanting is not gonna answer you. Guess who's gonna come to you in the middle of the night when you're crying? It's not gonna be your job that you keep praying about. It's gonna be me. God says, I'm gonna be the one that shows up for you. It's not going to be all that stuff. All those people you're trying to impress. God, just let me impress those people. All those people you're trying to impress. when When you're down and out and lonely, they ain't showing up. They are not showing up. All the things that you think you're free enough to follow, they don't care about you. They don't. And you think that you are doing it out of freedom, but something is manipulating you. And if you can't see the, what the devil is doing, God said, he don't care about you. He keeps offering you this fruit and you keep taking it because you think your security and your identity and your worth is wrapped up in this material stuff. And then he gives it to you and he leaves you. And the next thing you know, the very thing you wanted put you in some type of oppression, addiction. God's like, It's me that loves you. I'm gonna show up for you. Follow me. You're gonna follow something. Humanity is always, listen, always gonna follow something. It's in our design. We are really good at following, amazing at it. We can take on the very characteristics of what we choose to follow, what we put our eyes on. Come on. That's why we can grow up and be like, I don't ever want to be like my parents and then end up just like our parents. Why? Because you never took your eyes off of them. You never chose to follow something different. You can't just say, I'm not going to follow them and then not replace it. Humanity has an ability that is actually really powerful for what we were designed to do. We were designed to take care of this earth as God would which means that we have to take on his characteristics and do it his way. So we have the amazing ability to do it, to follow God and do it his way. But we keep following everything else, chasing everything else. We think crying out to God is the same as following him. And it's not. We see over and over with the children of Israel crying out to God and following God are two different things. Crying out to God is a momentary emotional outburst, but following Him is a daily discipline. Following Him is a daily discipline. It's completely different. And God is saying, Follow me. Follow me. You're go- the reality is, you're going to follow something. Follow me. God said, Follow me. What happens to the children of Israel? They kept wanting to fit in the nations around. And God said, No, don't do that. Follow my ways. Not their ways. They continued to follow their, the nations around them, follow their ways. They wanted a king. Why? So they could follow the king's ways. And we're going to see, as we continue to read, that Israel's going to get kings. And the kings are going to be a whole hot mess. And then the whole nation becomes a whole hot mess. Why? Because that's who they were following. Come on, Colleen, says we were never called to just live comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are not afraid to put our trust in him for the next step. It takes you totally out of your comfort zone and leads you to unknown paths that you never traveled before. It's not predictable or easy, but it's worth the ride. Margaret says, that's why we have to check our motives behind what we're doing. Come on. Am I following God? Or am I just crying out to Him? It's two different things. CJ says, for some reason, it's like social media follow me, follow me. And if you follow these people long enough, you start to think like those you're following. It is true. It is true. God has to constantly say say to me, Dominique, you got to think soberly about what you're doing. You have free will on who you choose to follow. But once you choose them, you will notice that your will will begin to adjust to theirs. So choose wisely. Who are you going to choose to follow? Who are you chasing? What are you chasing? Choose wisely. Because the way we were designed, our entire being will take on the attributes, whether knowingly or unknowingly, will take on the attributes of who we choose to follow. It is in our design in order to make us really effective ambassadors. Choose wisely. Who will you follow? For the children of Israel, what kept getting them tripped up? They kept wanting to follow the nations around them. They kept wanting to fit in. So what happened? The more they kept wanting to follow, they they chose those nations, God's. They replaced their own gods with the nations. They, t- they, they, they started making idols that looked like the nations around. They started doing things that looked like the nations around them. Even though that doing that stuff kept landing them in oppression and all types of stuff, they just still kept doing it. Why? Because that's what they wanted. That's who they chose to follow. Come on. Anastasia says, and even act like them because you want to feel like you belong and feel like you know what's up and what's trending. Come on. You will take, you will take on the attributes of whom you choose to follow. You follow God long enough. You follow, think about this. Some of us have been coming to mornings with Jesus every morning for months. Has our lives changed? Just, just. Just, just, just a simple answer. Has your life changed? Has, have you noticed a change in the way you respond to things? Have you noticed a change in the way um, that you react? I'm not saying you're perfect, but I'm saying have you noticed any type of change, right? Have you noticed that um, that you're slower to anger? Have you noticed that you're more you're more thoughtful in the way you think? Have you noticed that you come back to the scriptures when you like? Have you? No- Really just take inventory. Have I noticed a t- change? Brandy says, yes. Yes, I have. I-, I can say for myself, I've noticed a change. Have you noticed a change, right? Have I noticed a change as I continually come and study the Bible, as I continually pray, as I continually do these things? Have I noticed a change? And if you have, I can guarantee you it's, it's because who you put your eyes on you will become like. Bella said yes. Bridget says I've noticed a change. Shannon says I've absolutely noticed a change. Who I choose to follow will impact my whole life. It will change. It will change who I am, it will completely change everything. And God has been showing the children of Israel this, and he's showing us this, and he's been showing this, and we're noticing a change. Is it because I did something specific, like I like forced myself to change? No, typically, you... It's just because of who you chose to follow. Natalia says you can't spend time with God and stay the same. That's absolutely true. You also can't spend time with the devil and stay the same. That's humanity. That's what we have to understand. We will change based on whom we choose to follow. The Israelites continue to go back and forth and back and forth. And back and forth. Why? Because they cried out to God, but they followed the other nations. A cry out does not equal a follow. Some of us, we've been following things and people and and situations and all this stuff that is ruining our life. And for some of us, the call today is you got to stop following that stuff. you got to stop following them people. You've got to stop because you are going to become like them. you got to stop listening to some of that music. People want to say music has no influence on you. That is a lie. You keep playing, you keep playing the music that's like, Oh, everybody left me. Don't nobody love me. I'm all alone. You keep playing that, and you will see that it begins to warp your mind. I'm all alone. Don't nobody love me. You begin to see that the lyrics of the songs come out in your everyday conversation. Why? Because the people you choose to follow. You will take on their attributes. What did God say? Do not follow the nations around you. It will change you. Whoever you choose to follow, it will change you. Come on. It will change you. But you're going to follow somebody. Make sure it's someone who loves you and has your best interest at heart. And the only one I know like that is God. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know anybody that's got my best interest at heart than God. Why does God have my best interest at heart? Because he made me. He doesn't want to see his creation ruined. He has a significant investment in my life. Who you choose to follow will change you. You know, I don't think for a minute that it is any type of con, uh, any type of random act that all the social media things say, follow me. Follow me on follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Snapchat. Follow me. On, I don't think that's any coincidence. The enemy knows what he's doing. Who you choose to follow will change your whole life, your whole life. And sometimes we can say, I'm feeling distant from God. Check who you're following. Check what you're following and check what you've wrapped your relationship with God in. My relationship with God is, you know, me crying out to him and him fixing my life. That's not our relationship. That's not following him. Who am I following on a daily basis? God, uh, Allison says, God sometimes removes things in our life, not to hurt us, but to help us or to draw us closer to him when all hope looks lost. Bevy says, within our communities, the new trend seems to be fitting in and accepting rather than following God, the one who died for us. Come on. Woo! Lakeisha, my God. We gonna gonna pray out right here. She says, the hands you put your life in will shape it. The hands you put your life in will shape it. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. We're all about free choice and free will. That's the, basically, that's the, that's the choice we have. That's it. Miss Margaret says Lakeisha's my oldest daughter. Oh yay! Hey, sis, we love your mama. Hey, girl. But yes, the 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 come on. Whew, that thing hit me. It hit me hard. Because the hands you put your life in will shape it. It will shape it. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. CJ so said, I just wrote in, that in my journal. Who am I following? Let's go ahead and pray. Lakeisha said, mama invited me this morning. Okay, y'all with the sharing. Amen. 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 And I'm, I praise God that she did because that, that statement just hit me. Whoa! Hands you put your life in will shape it. My God. Why do I feel distant from God? Why do, I, well, who am I choosing to put my life, my hate, my, my life in? Whose hands am I choosing really to put my life in daily? Honestly. And you can look at it by your daily activities. What am I daily choosing to do? Maybe I'm choosing to put my life in the hands of my job daily. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my job for my security. I'm looking at my job for my worth. I'm looking at my job for my identity. I'm looking at my job for my value. So I put my life in the hands of my job. So what happens when, when cutbacks happen? What happens when that job's no longer around? What happens when you realize that you're depressed because you've given everything to the job and the job don't show up for, for you when you're crying in the middle of the night? What happens is that eventually we cry out to God and God comes and rescues us. But do we put our life in his hands? Or do we find another job to put our life in? Do we find another relationship? What happens when I put my life in? into my marriage, it sounds good, but but my husband, my spouse is not designed to carry the weight of my entire existence, identity, worth and value. He is just a man and I'm just a woman. We don't have the ability to carry someone's life in our hands, but yet we keep putting our life in the hands of things that can't carry the weight and we'll drop you if you get too heavy. So choose wisely. Oh, come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for the for the for you giving us the opportunity to choose who we will follow. And Lord, today we declare our heart's desire is to follow You. Lord, we ask you to help us to follow you. Lord, we don't want to just cry out to you when we get in trouble. We want to follow you. We want our very existence to start to take on your mannerisms. We want everything about our heart to change, to mirror your heart. Lord God, we want to start to to look like you because we've spent so much time with you. Come on, hallelujah. This is that Moses spent time with you. He was your friend and his face begin to glow Lord God we want to we want to take on your nature not so that we can take on power and control over other other people. We just want to spend that much time with you that we begin to do what you would do here on this earth. Lord God, we want to be who you've purposed us to be which is ambassadors, ambassadors. We want to be who you designed us to be. And we want to be, we just want, Lord, we just want you. Lord, change us, shape us, most draw us close. Our heart's desire, our heart's desire is to put our life in your hands. And your scriptures say, if we delight ourselves in you, which we do, that you will give us the desire of our heart. And the truth behind that scripture is if we delight ourselves in you, then you become our desire and you will give us you. Lord, we thank you that you don't withhold yourself from us, that you allow us to follow you. Lord, I have no idea how it is that an invisible God can make such a visible change in our lives. But you promised in your word that if we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desire. You, you are our desire, and you will give us you. And you've proven that time and time again. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to continue to desire you. Help us to continue to delight in you. Help us to draw, help us to continue to draw close to you. Lord God, because we recognize that as humanity, we are going to take on the attributes of who we choose to follow. And we choose to follow you, Lord. Help us follow you. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Erica says, his grace is sufficient for me. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I want to let you guys know that we have a devotional guide for the book of Judges, where some faith mamas got together and wrote some devotionals, some prayers some reflection questions. And I encourage you to, to join the Faith Mamas Tribe app and download this devotional guide. It's really a great guide to help us to continue to press into these chapters and continue to reflect on them throughout the, the day. And the cool thing about it is the things that we talk about in Mornings with Jesus aren't always the things in the devotional guides. So it gives us a whole nother way to look at the chapter as well. So I encourage you to download that when you get a moment, join the app and download it. Amen. Allison says, oh, cool, come on. It says, God, I want to reflect who you are. You make a way when there seems to be no way. You fill all the voids. Your love is light, hope, peace, and love. You are so good. My heart overflows with gratitude. Hallelujah, a couple couple of quick announcements. We still have seven tickets left for the Faith Mamas Retreat. If you enjoyed this, imagine doing it in person for a couple of days away in the mountains. (laughs) So that sounds like something or by the lake in the mountains. that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you grab a ticket. You can also join us virtually as well for an entire weekend. I I love you guys. And I pray that I that you guys are able to join. And if you join because somebody invited you today, let them know um, and encourage them to keep inviting. We're gonna do that little 30-second thing um, to because to, to, you never know who's gonna show up. Come on, Miss Margaret invited her daughter this morning when we did it, and she showed up and she just dropped gems. Come on, we we are grateful that Lakeisha showed up. We are grateful, come on, hallelujah that we're seeing new women, new names, new faces. God is so awesome. Do me a favor, y'all, like, comment, share and subscribe to this this channel Um, and you'll be notified of when uh, when we're live. We're live every day, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please make sure to join us. And if you have not already, Join the free, it's absolutely free, the free Faith Mamas Tribe app. Um, I believe that it'll be a community that you will actually, absolutely enjoy and that will constantly point you back to God. <laughs> when you start to kind of drift away to follow another stuff, this community is really great about saying, oh, look at Jesus. <laughs> He's right over there. Get your eyes on him, girl. <laughs> so if you're looking for something like that, please join the free app. And if this ministry has blessed you in any kind of way, um, consider donating, Uh, To this ministry there are links in the description box and links in the app. I think I did all the announcements y'all I feel like I did. Let me know if I'm missing anything. I love you guys I pray that you have an amazing Thursday and I will see you back here God willing as we study Judges chapter 9 tomorrow on Friday and don't forget to invite a friend because you never know You never know who might show up engage in the conversation and just, you just never know. And if you're watching this on the replay because somebody invited you, hey, we're so glad that you're here. Let us know in the comments that you're here. Um, Let us know what you're thinking, your thoughts are. We would love to continue the conversation with you in the replay comments. All right, y'all. Bye for now. See y'all tomorrow.